Hey everyone, it's Kevin O'Connor. AKA Kevin O'Bomber. AKA Kevin O'Concert. Kevin! Wait a minute, you're not Chris Vernon. No, Kevin. Sadly, I'm not as cherubic or as raspy as Verno, but it is I, Jay Kyle Man. And folks, basketball has been and continues to be so very good. That's exactly why Kyle and I are hosting a brand new basketball show on a brand new podcast feed, the Ringers NBA Draft Show. We're going to have you covered every week as we go in-depth and deep dive in hopes of answering an ever-important question in the NBA. Who's got next? Whether it's an international phenom like Victor Wimbanyama or the G League Scoot Henderson or stars from Overtime Elite like Eamon Thompson, as well as a full-blown swarm of talented prospects from the promising 2023 NBA draft class. For sure, Kyle. And we're also going to get into players from the college ranks because this is a loaded class for us to discuss prospects rising and falling. And we're going to revisit and redraft recent draft classes and get into how the league's evolution could help inform what's valuable in a prospect of the future. This is a podcast for a fan of every team, whether you're losing and have high draft lottery odds or you're looking for sleepers later in the draft. We're going to be covering everything in the months to come, so please make sure you follow and subscribe to the Ringer NBA Draft Show. And hit us with those five-star ratings. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Does that not blow your eardrums out? No. I have sensitive ears, I think. Oh, I was like a big scene guy. I was at all the show. That's a lie. I didn't go to what? any con- scene. That's what they called us uh, emo guys back in the day. You ever get a mosh pit? Uh, once, I think. I didn't really do as much moshing as I wanted surf? to. I That's always been a dream of mine. The one thing that's really motivating my weight loss is to be able to crowd surf. That's really the only reason. Health, who cares? Crowd surf, yes, please. What do you have to say about that, Michael? <laughs> You've all of a sudden gone... Unexpected quiet. Uh, you okay? Every Okay, I will say this. <laughs> Here we go. The motto on the ringer has become hot takes. Everybody has a hot take that they always share. That's hot. I think most of them are, are generally wrong, which I'm always wrong, so I, don't, I, don't, I can't really complain. Mm-hmm. And I'm not complaining. My hot take, though, to be ringer-esque, this is a Simmons-inspired, a Rosillo-esque of, of... Vernon doesn't do the hot takes as much, which I like. Um, I can't wait to hear what this hot take is. Hot take. Lukewarm opinion. Let's call it that instead. Hot take's a little too catchy for my liking. 2020. That's a year. That draft class in the NFL, National Football League, will be the greatest, will go down as the greatest, the GOAT, greatest hobby draft class in the history of football. That is my contention. Is this the opener? I thought this was just a segment we're doing in the show. What do you... Do you think you're I'm burying a lukewarm opinion somewhere down the line? No, you start when you've got an ace in the hole, unlike you who takes his Giannis and benches him like an idiot. I put I my workhorses to the front of the line, pal. I don't bench so there you go. Giannis without a reason. I had a reason. Um, okay. That's, that is fine. I'm glad for that take. I cannot wait to show you some data I pulled because I think there's a number of people who feel that that's not the case, that the year that you feel is the best is not the accurate year, but I'm going to lay out my, con- my let's reasoning. do this. Let's do Let me give the my reason. rundown. I already gave the rundown of this. You can do it after we're going right into the take. I'm, I've been very, <clears throat> I've been very lenient with the nonsense lately. Not today. Four <laughs> quarterbacks. My contention is by the end of this year and moving forward, four guys out of that draft class, top 10. By the end of next year, I believe two of them, if not more, will be top five in the league. I'm not going to give you the names yet, but it's Burrow, Herbert, Hertz, and Tua. You're not. I'm not give telling us you which name. one are top five next okay. year, but those four. I think you have what I would consider a top three, and it's going to go down historically as one of the greatest wide receivers of all time in Justin Jefferson. You've also got Chase Young, who I think is going to be a generational type talent defensively, et cetera, et cetera. It's a bunch of other guys too, but there you go. So there's your hot take. CD Lamb. I like him as well. Secondary guy, but fine. All right. Michael Pittman. 
Brandon Ayuk, Jerry Judy. I'm just saying, loaded draft class. Headlined by quarterbacks. The hobby revolves around quarterbacks. I don't do you want to add anything? I, I'm, I'm trying just, to you're you've jumped around so much that you we've skipped the rundown and now I don't know where where Jonathan you want to go with Taylor this. Taylor Thomas is in that class. Jonathan Taylor Thomas is a, a national treasure and you know that. But okay, that's my that's my thought though. Okay. Let's dive in deeper after the rundown. Listen, we're doing the rundown every episode. It's just a fact. I thought we were doing the monologue to open. I thought we were doing the I didn't the know, but the monologue then is the same thing as the segment that we go into. So usually the monologue would be a little different than the segment. So that's where I got confused. You see? But now that you're not confused, can we just skip the rundown and get into no, it? No, because okay, ahead, we do didn't the do the... Okay. All right, go ahead and cut this first part of the episode, Carlos. Just cut. No, no, and I'm in then a good mood. This... You're right. I'm with you. Go ahead. Okay, here we go. Go ahead. We're not cutting anything. We're going to do best hobby draft class of all time. Who is it? In <laughs> Michael's opinion. Who is We're it? going to go right from that to a little hot start NBA. We'll talk uh, some new blood, see who's really taken off. We're going to talk new releases. We're also going to bring up a subject that I wanted to talk about, which is ideas for fanatics for reinvigorating the card market. And then we'll touch on your mailbag. Now we'll get right into our big picture. 2020 already talks about, there you go. Now, some people are going to argue that is not true. We've got all these other quarterbacks that are so phenomenal and great. Mm -hmm, So Jesse mm -hmm. has prepared a list. I want you to give me the names of the people who are starting quarterbacks in the NFL right now. We're going to just fly through this because, my again, my contention, all four of the guys I mentioned are top 10 this year, mm-hmm. which is not really a stretch. They will be top 10, maybe top five by the end of next year, and quite possibly this year as well. Justin Jefferson, by the way, top five right now, top three in the game, no question. Jonathan Taylor, Thomas, same thing. Jonathan Taylor is a top three running back. Okay. Having a bit of a down year, but fine. So go ahead. Give me the quarterback. Just rifle through them. To be fair, this the, the information that I have pulled is based all on QB, not... Wide receiver, running back, or anything quarterbacks. Like that. Okay. Give me I, the starting quarterbacks in the NFL right now today, this year. Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson. Yes. I would argue he is better than those four guys this year and next. Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. Fine. Mahomes, too, by the way. Let me save you some time. Those three. Yes. Bengals, Joe Burrow. He is in the class. That's who we're talking about. Now, Browns is Deshaun Watson when he gets back. I'll say yes there, too. So, by the way, you're going to go through the rest of this list. Those four, to me, are the only locks. Deshaun Lamar, and quite frankly, I don't know if the Lamar is an absolute lock over Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert or or any of the other guys. Two is having a great season, six and zero, and starting. Hertz is eight and zero. I bring this up because the hobby in twenty twenty football, I think, is one we're going to look back on. It's unbelievable. But I'll go with those four: Mahomes, Allen, one and one a, better than anybody else in the league. I think uh, Deshaun, when healthy, is as good as just about anybody in the league as well. If he ever comes back, which who knows? And then Lamar Jackson. Give me the rest of them just real quick. Broncos, Russell Wilson. I don't even need the team name. Just give me the, nope, not anymore. He's a Hall of Famer. Not anymore, though. Not right now. Top 10. Davis Mills. Nope. Sam Ellinger. Please. Trevor Lawrence. Okay, maybe next year he's a top 10 guy, but I'm not taking him over any of those four. Next. Patrick Mahomes. I talked to him. Derek Carr. Nope. Justin Herbert to uh, Mac Jones. Nope. Zach Wilson. I think in three years, potentially, but no. Kenny Pickett. Please. Tannehill. How dare you? Marcus Mariota. <laughs> Kyler Murray. Kyler's a, probably a top 10 type guy. I'm not taking him over any of the other four this year or going forward. PJ Walker. That's the guy who checked me out at Kroger earlier. <laughs> My cashier. No. Justin Fields. Interesting the last few weeks, but certainly not in the class of those four. Dak Prescott. Again, probably a top 10 guy because we're talking about how weak this quarterback class is in the NFL right now, the changing of the guard. I would take all four guys from the 2020 draft class above Dak right now. And of course, moving forward because they're much younger. Jared Goff? Nope. Aaron Rodgers? No. By the way, Rodgers is garbage this year. If you've watched him play, and I don't think it gets better next year, that's a list that is, that's a guy who has been a a cemented top five guy, top three, best in the league last year, if you want to argue. I'm taking all four of those guys over him this year and next year. Stafford? No. Cousins? Underrated, but no. Andy Dalton? I mean, you laughed at that. Come on. Daniel Jones? Nope. Uh, Jalen Hurts, Trey Lance, Geno Smith? I mean, great story this year. This year, you know, quite frankly, he probably is going to end up with as being a top 10 guy, but no. 
Tom Brady. Absolutely not. I mean, you cannot put Tom. Now, if we're talking one game, if I need a quarterback to win, I'll take Tom Brady at age 93 over almost anybody. But this year, those other four guys are winning more games and are playing better than Tom Brady. Next year, when Brady's 46, that is the case as well. I just said, we are, we've gotten so caught up in the narrative being, well, everybody who is new is overrated. This stuff is overpriced. I'm just going to go back and get the all-time greats like an Elway, a Montana, a Marino, uh, a Peyton Manning, because they're cemented. We saw the exact same theory, by the way, in basketball. Zion got to such a height, and it was like, man, but Zion, he's just a new guy. He's crazy overrated, which was true, by the way. I'm going to go back and get a Patrick Ewing, who's a top 10 center of all time. I'm going to get a David Robinson. I'm going to go back and get a Vince Carter. Like, like that's what caused the initial boom in the 90s stuff. Mm-hmm. So we're starting to see that creep into football now and not, not right now it's happening for a few months, but it's like, Hey, these new guys have really done nothing and they're just going to flame out. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. We're spending too much money. Yeah. I don't think that's the case. Not to mention two of those guys and especially Justin Herbert, aside from not making the playoffs, Justin Herbert has had, if you go back to the history of football, I did this the other day. I was in a deep dive wormhole. I don't have much of a social life being honest. (laughs) There are very few quarterbacks in the history of football, if any, if ever, have had as good a two-year start to their career as Herbert. Now, I'm not including quarter. I'm saying two years in the league because he started as a rookie. So if you were benched, like Brady didn't play his rookie year at all. Mm -hmm. First year he starts. You know what year he won his first Super Bowl? The season? 2002? Oh, the game was in 2002. It was 2001. So that's correct. So his second year was great. Not statistically, because it wasn't as much of a league, but he won a a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. But he didn't play his first year. So again, just guys who have played their first two seasons, Herbert is literally as good as anybody who's ever had a start to their career. Joe Burrow, despite missing most of his rookie year, look at what he did last year in his first full season. I'm telling you, this class is going to go down as being unbelievable. Can we talk a little bit about what the NFL professionals feel about this? I guess I just want to make a I do. devil's ahead. advocate point because I looked up um, NFL.com did something similar as far as they ranked every quarterback class since 2000 and 2020 is high on this list. However, they have rated it as fourth, not first 2004. They have rated. Hang on. Don't just say it here. Is 2004 above it. 2004. And number one is number one. Yeah. Erroneous. Why? Why do you say okay, that? Okay. So here's the thing. Again, we're going to make a big stretch here. Okay. You've got four Super Bowls just out of those big three. So Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, uh, Philip Rivers. Mm-hmm. Eli, despite what, what people say now, it does not matter. Eli is top 10 statistically and has two Super Bowls. He is a first ballot Hall of Famer, as are the other two. I realistically think Herbert, I think two, if not more of these guys, I think the... Let me just say it this way. I think the career resume, when it's all said and done of these four, will be more impressive than those three. And I know that's a stretch because those guys put up great numbers. Statistics are going to go out the window to a degree. Way more of a passing league now than it was then. So the numbers are going to be warped like that. Okay. But I also think, I mean, Burrow in his second year went to a Super Bowl. Hurts this year. Like, if I gave you those four quarterbacks against the field to win a Super Bowl this year, it's probably a close race. I would argue the Eagles are the best team. Miami hasn't lost with Tua. I mean, Burrow, you count that guy out in a big game. The Chargers kind of the X factor. So it's super early on, but yep. that is my contention. I do. Okay. I, so I, okay. So that's one who I'm trying to think of the other classes here. Hang Two on. other classes from 2000 onward. I don't remember 2000 at all. Was it 2000? I'll, I'll tell you, it's much closer to 2020. So 20, oh, 2018 has got to be in there. That's third in 2017. Yep. Okay. So 2017, you just have the big two. Well, um, you got the big one. You got Mahomes, and then you got uh, Deshaun Watson. It also includes Trubisky, Trubisky in there. Yeah, yes, yeah. I mean, but Mahomes is going to go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But is Mahomes and Deshaun's career going to be more impressive than these four combined? That's a toss-up. Now, I'm not. I think Mahomes will go down as better than any of these four individually. No question. Okay. But I would put the career of these four up against those two at the end of the day. Yeah, I'd take that bet. When, was was, when co- did you say that uh, Brady was first drafted? What year 2000. was it? 2000. 2000. So he won his first one the year after. Correct. His first but Super there was Bowl. no other quarterbacks either in 2000. That's why he's not on there. Well, 2018, I just, it does include Josh Allen Lamar, and Lamar Jackson. Baker. Baker. And Darnold. Yep. And Darnold. 
Yeah. I'll t- so then that's an interesting one. Do you take Lamar and Josh Allen? No, I would take these four. Again, cumulative resume. Mm-hmm. I'll take these four over those. Not to mention, in any of those years, was there arguably the greatest receiver in the game, at least today, drafted with them? No. Okay. Like Cooper Cup. Well, Cooper Cup was 2017, mm-hmm. but he had a really slow start to his career. He's not going to go down like that. Justin Jefferson is off to literally the greatest career a wide receiver's had in three seasons. Okay. I'm telling you, dude. Okay. Jonathan Taylor, same thing. We've had some monster seasons out of this kid. I think 2020 is that type of a class. Um, now let's go back to how this relates to cards. Would you say the individual players or wax for those years is what you would relate the performance of this to? I'll be honest. I'm glad you're here for this. I did this monologue on Instagram a couple of days ago and I had nobody to bounce this off of. Okay. That's a good point. I think this relate. Say something stupid so I can sell you. It doesn't feel right complimenting. I once open mouth kissed a horse. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you? That's from a movie that's not a true statement. All right. Austin Powers is underrated. Okay. That's nice. Um, you had a question, though. <laughs> I did have a question. about a farm animal. Uh, so I think it relates more in terms of wax. Okay. Somebody brought up a great point, though, the other day. The only thing, so I think 2020 is a great year for wax, obviously, because if I'm this high in the class, if I'm going crazy long-term, and I rarely talk about this, I'm talking 401k stuff with this. Oh, okay. Long-term. Like my Brady's that are in a box that are never going to see the light of day. Okay. That is what I consider 2020 wax. In my mind, they're the same type of thing. I think they're going to be grail level stuff that you're never going to want to touch. The one thing I absolutely hate about it Joe Burrow is a redemption as an autograph in almost everything. Really? Which is terrible. Redemptions expire after two years. You can go through the hassle and try to get them after that, but like 15 years down the road, I don't think there's any, or if Panini gets acquired or not, or whatever happens there. Yeah. I get very nervous about that fact, but the good thing is there's so much other depth and talent and you're chasing so, so I would say if I'm going to go with product, I'm going with things like a select, a prism, an optic, things that are not just based, like where you can buy, open a box of that stuff mm-hmm. and get a, an amazing card yeah. and it's not an autograph. Well, I think when it, especially when it comes to the wax, you have to account for those other things that we were talking about, the running back and wide receiver and things like that, because that sure. just adds to that. And but. that plays into the theory, by the way, because running backs and receivers value right now is very average. Mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson, for as good as he is, should sell for more. Jonathan Taylor as well. Yeah. But in 10, 15 years, are wide receivers just selling really well? I don't know. They're probably not selling worse than they are now. I think there's upside with both of those just as a position. So that's where I'm at with 2020 wax. Okay. I think that's a really good take as far as like uh, something we haven't really talked about. So thank you. you. And and honestly, man, you start looking through the league. Like it sounds crazy. Oh, these guys are top 10. Then you really look. It's not even like, I don't even think it's that close. It is interesting. People are down on Tua. I get that. And, the, yeah. and and I would also add, I think Tua or Hurts, one of those has a career cut short from injury. Well, and the thing, I think the overall issue that I have is that it is so early on mm-hmm. in their career. I think We're that's... We're not making hot takes in the end of the career, buddy. I, well, I know. But it's it, like 2017 with, you know, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes. I think that's great. But do you know, I, I mean, of course, I'm not as familiar. Talk to Running me, backs, wide receivers for those years. So Cooper Cup in 2017. Cooper Cup was 17, okay. Running back? I have no clue. No, okay. I mean, no one that stands out at least. When, when was, was Derrick Henry? I was 26? about to say. Was that 16? He might be 2016. Um. Okay, so then that's, I mean, that's another case for 2020 then. What about 2018? Anything? I mean, I like all those guys. 2017 also had Christian McCaffrey, but with his injury history, is he going to be around? In a few years. I mean, Leonard Fournette, but I don't think he's a guy who has hobby value after the fact. He doesn't really even have it now. Yeah, I mean, I do. I start looking at those positions. I'm like, man, 2020. Wide receivers, I mean, Chris Godwin is a good one. Juju Smith-Shoes. You've got some decent wide receivers. but a, And you have George Kittle, who could potentially be a Hall of Fame type tight end. But I'm not investing money on tight ends, even in 10 years. And then, yeah, at, at running back, I mean, Aaron Jones... Probably the best on there. Oh, Christian McCaffrey. I lied, but I don't know that he stays healthy long enough for it to be a thing. So, okay. Yeah. It's I, interesting I th- little yeah, contention. 2020 again, you're, you're making a solid point. By the way, I think that actually extends to 2021. That's another thing. Now 
everybody in 2021 is crap, the most overrated class of all time. That is such a lazy and bad take. Just to be clear, Trevor Lawrence is a top 10 quarterback next year. I don't think it's an argument. I think one of the other guys is probably in that discussion as well, based on what we've just talked about. There's not a ton of depth at the quarterback position, and some of these greats are on their way out. I mean, you've got three surefire Hall of Famers, Wilson, Rodgers, and Brady, clearly on the tail end of their career. I think those guys, though, so I I think Trevor and one more is probably top 10. I'm going to argue Jamar Chase is still the best receiver in football next year. You still have Jalen Waddle, who's probably top five. Devontae Smith is probably a top 10 guy. So you've got three great wide receivers. Kyle Pitts, excellent tight end. There's enough there. And then uh, some of those other quarterbacks, even if they're not top 10, Mm -hmm. are still quarterback. uh, They're still hobby relevant. So the take that these guys are overrated, a little bit overrated because of how much hype. But again, there's so much talent there with those big five QBs. And look at what Justin Fields is doing all of a sudden. And when Trey Lance comes back next year, he's on an excellent roster. So now how, how much do you respect the QBR rating that ESPN does? Sure. Because I was looking at that just to, for this season so far, um, it is interesting to see where some of these guys land, but it, the first, the top three, do you have a, a, a guess for top three? Top three QBR this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mahomes. He's number two. two uh, Hertz. Uh, nope. He is number six. Not bad though. I would say Josh Allen, but he's had some bad games. Josh Allen. Josh Allen's number three. Joey B. Nope. Joey B is actually a little bit I'm further probably down. Probably missing somebody obvious here. You're missing your boy. Tom. Nope. Tua. Tua. That's not. Tua actually. is listed <clears throat> as number one on the QBR. Where's but, Herbert? So Tua's one. Mm-hmm. Give me Hertz, Burrow, and Herbert. So uh, Hertz is at six. six. Okay. Herbert is at eleven, and Burrow is at fourteen. Okay. Now you know what's really interesting. You know who's at thirty-one, which is out of thirty-two. Tannehill. <laughs> Why would I? I wouldn't even say that if it was Tom Brady, Mac Jones. Oh, he's been pretty bad. Yeah, I know. But it is just interesting to see like how the mighty have fallen, at least so far this season. Granted, they're still, but he was also never more. mighty in stats and QBR. He no, won but games. I think like the, the hype around him, as far as the card sure. values go. Yep. So there you go. That's um, my, that's my contention there. Okay. Very nice. Uh, you want to jump into some NBA? I did have uh, the report to the guys. Yeah. Let's hit that real quick. So, I think it's obvious they didn't put him on here because I don't really, uh, there's no cards really for um, Bancaro, right? Bancaro? Am I oh, pronouncing that right? Paulo. So yeah. he has Chronicles stuff. I bought a couple of those actually because they have like recon, a bunch of different drafts. It's Chronicles draft. I got them cheap, so I bought them. Other than Bancaro and Mathurin, I think there's also uh, Jaden Ivy is like the other guy who's doing okay. Is there any, like, is this draft class really doing it for, for you? Have you heard much about it? Like, and here's I think the, there's also like uh, Keegan Murray. I think he's the, the other one. With this draft class and it's not its fault. The storyline of this draft class was it's a year away from like the big one, which is next year. Yeah. So this was a very boring class coming out. And then Chet Holmgren, who was the guy who was going to score 30 off the bat and be great and save the draft class in the hobby, at least mm-hmm. breaks his foot or whatever he did. He's out for the year. Yeah. So it was already a negative timeline. The market's also dipping. The number one guy in the class goes down. The mindset with this class is it's going to be horrendous for the hobby, which by the way, we talked about, I felt that way as well. Everybody felt that way. They are outperforming that sentiment so much because of the elite scores at the top. Not to mention Ben Chero is like a legit 25, seven, seven, like he's, he's actually really, really good, but it takes a lot to change that, that sentiment. Yeah. The sentiment is it's garbage and everything's cheap. Doesn't help the fact either that there's no product coming out right now. Well, like if you had pro uniform product coming out this week and Banchero just going off for 35, Bancaro. whatever. Um, awesome. But yeah, that's, that's the biggest issue I have with. Well, and the fact the too that class. he's not on a, a winning team, right? You yeah, mentioned he, that before. That team's a couple years away. Yep. As, a, as are they all. So okay. like all those kids, but um, so who else do they have? Like who's doing well? It's not really. So the ones that are doing well, as far as um, in, in their card values to go along with it, Donovan Mitchell. Dude's uh, averaging 32 points a game. Yeah. Is there a reason his cards are cheaper now than at the start of the season? You want to talk um, about the most useless storyline in basketball? Technically it's up a little bit, at least for, so they pulled two, 
uh, to his card. So first is his Prism Base PSA 10 2017. I just bought that. I say just. I bought that in Vegas, and I bought three nine fives. What's um, the 10 going for? The 10 was going at the beginning of the season for $52. As of today, it's $72. That's not a bad increase. Okay. Um, they didn't, they said, again, is there a nine five? Oh, you don't have it up. That's fine. I'll, yeah. yeah I'll I'm just it. going off the report. Yeah. Um, they also put on, I think this is his silver. They didn't put silver. I think it was a typo. Um, but the card was going for three thirty at the beginning of the season. It's now going for four Oh eight silver PSA 10 of Donovan Mitchell. Uh-huh. I bet that's a super low pop too. It says five seventy four. Yeah, 2017. Yeah. That's a quarter, less than a quarter of what you have for the big guys now. So that's a, not a bad job. Donovan Mitchell's actually his pricing is done. Okay. Especially when we're in a climate where we're seeing even guys who have done fairly well, stay the same. So I like the Donovan Mitchell play. Honestly, that team's winning a bunch of games. I mean, yeah. The Cavs are actually pretty high up, right? Yeah. They're playing. Uh, yeah. They're playing awesome right now. I was trying to pull up their, I just keep saying, yeah. Cause I don't have anything else to say. They're eight and three right now. Eight and three. Yep. Um, Second best record in the league. Yeah. Right behind the bucks. Okay. Not the bad. Bucks still 10 and one. That's so impressive. Um, okay. So they've got Donovan Mitchell off the bat. Then we've got Lori, uh, Lowry, Lowry, Lowry Markinen, Lori Markinen for the jazz, uh, 22 points way, per game real quick. So this was the card I meant to mention. Oh the yeah. Prism nine, five of Mitchell is down to 45 to 50 bucks. Those Ooh. were 60 in Vegas. And I bought all three of them for 150. Oh no, no, excuse me. They were doing 75 in Vegas and I got them all for 60. Oh, okay. They're only doing 50 now. So it is, he was even higher and he's come back down. Yeah. He was super high after the trade news. Yep. Okay. Go ahead. Um, so marketing is 2017 prison base PSA 10. There's only a, like 1100 of these right now. Uh, what year is he, by the way? 2017, 17. Okay. Uh, October 19th, this card sold for $21. It has doubled. It's doing like $40 today. He's come out of nowhere. Yeah. The jazz literally got rid of Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. Let's tank for next year's unbelievable class. They made and the room jazz for are, this guy. I think the jazz are 10 and three. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. Like they can't even lose effectively. Nice job. Danny Ainge. <laughs> Uh, and then the silver of that same card was doing thousand? 80. Oh, I'm um, sorry. A thousand. And now it's like 250? 142. So interesting. Okay. I like um, that one too. I'm, I'm always skeptical of guys like that. And on that team, cause I do think eventually they do what they're supposed to do, which is just lose and be terrible. <laughs> they do what everyone but expects man, them to do. It's wild. Yeah. Like talk about a crazy, crazy spike out of nowhere. Okay. I like that one. Uh, DeJounte Murray yep, for DeJounte the Hawks. Yeah, they're seven and four. Yeah. He's playing the backcourt with Trey. That backcourt's scoring at elite levels. Not to mention the majority of that team is still there from their Eastern Conference Finals run. I'm super high on Trey, too. I've told you that. I think both those guys are crazy cheap for what they're doing on the court. Uh, 2016 Prism Base. Pop count for the PSA 10 is only 282. What's so, it, 90 bucks? Beginning of the season. Oh, this is this one went down. This one's not doing as well. I guess he's performing well, but his card value is not. Start of the season, it was 100 it's down to $53. That one's cut in half. I don't think anybody's taken note of how well he's played. That's why. Um, By the way, so is Trey Young. Trey Young, just a, real quick. Yeah. Trey Young's averaging 28 points, nine and a half assists. 28 points, nine and a half assists. Wow. Yeah. He okay. is playing pretty well. Well, that's the thing. I mean, he's doing, he's got eight assists, almost seven. That backwards killer, man. Okay. Yeah. I like that. By two. Um, I like that one. Maybe the best of all, because that team is pretty good. And he's already and he's, he's down. He's super cheap. Donovan for the same reason, by the way. You gave two examples of him being up. There's others like I showed Donovan's down in some areas, which is kind of weird. Okay. <clears throat> I don't trust um, Larry Markin though. Desmond Bain, Grizzlies. Here's my problem with Bain. I, we don't even have to talk. What is he up or down? He's up. I'm out on Bain. I, I like him as a player. I think he's a great two. Awesome. Oh, okay. That team only has enough room for hobby love for one guy. And, and it's Jamarant. Yeah, and it's Jamarant. Like Jamarant is so polarizing. Yep. I don't think it's like, oh, but this other guy he plays with is great. Yeah. I, I'm kind of out on that. Yeah. Do you I, think people only take notice of that if they win? Like if they can come back and like win a championship or something take like that? Of what? I'm sorry. Uh, of that team or jaw or somebody where they can show a little more hobby love for for them. Because like you said, there is so much wish, I, I guess like yeah, I think you hot have, and cold. I with think you Moran. have to win. Yeah, and honestly, you have to win with Jack because they had a really good record without him last year, which which didn't really help his case. 
Um, all right. So that was Desmond Bain. One last one is Brandon Ingram with the Pelicans. I want to talk about the Pelicans anyways. <laughs> what a segue. Here's another hot take. I think the Pelicans might be. Okay. Here, you're going to hate this. Same is thing it, I'm going to do. talking bad about Zion? No, 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 no. Here's where I'm at with this. I don't think there's that many elite and great teams in the West that you can just say anymore are head and shoulders above the Pelicans. Now, it's a stretch. I'm not saying that, but I I really don't. I think the Pelicans are a lot closer to being a team that wins a playoff series or two. What's their they, record right now? So they're six and five. As of right now, they are... Zion hasn't been doing all that great. I mean, he's averaging 23 points. They have three starters averaging 20 points, which is pretty impressive. But weren't, I mean, weren't we all expecting Zion to be doing even better than that at this point? Well, he's also on limited minutes some nights. He's missed some time. I mean, 23 points a game is is, is pretty good on a winning team. It is just interesting that there was so much holdout for Zion as far as like his pricing goes. Like it, it was holding pretty steady when you look at his base, like 2019 prism, but it is over the last few weeks, it's finally dropped beneath that floor, which was like around 190, 180 bucks or something. It's now like 167, which to me just kind of shows that the hobby's like, well, he's not performing up to what we wanted. Yeah, I mean, for the hobby, correct. But on the floor, so I guess my contention is, which I'd like to hear somebody with more knowledge than me in basketball speak to this. It sounds weird to say the Pelicans could very easily win a playoff series, in my opinion, this year. The way Ingram is playing, CJ McCollum, uh, Zion, I hate to say Herb Jones because we have mutual friends who talk about him all the time that I can't stand, that's fine. But he's playing really well. Like, that's actually a pretty good team out West. Now, granted, the Warriors right now are four, four and seven. The Warriors beat them all day, every day in a, in a best of seven series. No problem. That's fine. The Phoenix Suns do as well. Like Phoenix is a very good team. I don't think it's that close when they're healthy. And the Nuggets, because they have the best player in basketball still, in my opinion, with Joker. I just think that's an unbelievable team. Murray's back. He's healthy. Those three teams, hands down, beat the, uh, who are we talking about? Beat the Pelicans in the playoffs. After that, without being dramatic, here's the rest of the teams. The Utah Jazz are 10 and 3. That's the number one seed. I don't think the Utah Jazz can win a playoff series. The Portland Trailblazers, we've seen this act before. It's Damian Lillard against the world. He's unbelievable, but not good enough to beat like consistently solid teams in the playoffs. So I, I think that's a toss-up at best. Now, Memphis won last year. Can Memphis beat them in a series? I would take Memphis, but it was not a shock. That's not a lock to me that Memphis beats the Pelicans if they're playing well and healthy. Everything predicates is predicated on health, by the way, with all of these. Even the rest of the teams, the Mavericks, Luka is, is arguably the best player in basketball. That is by no means the best team in basketball, though. So so let me ask you, who is it that's making you so high on the Pelicans? Like what? Looking at how they're playing in their roster and how weak the Western Conference is. not an individual player or anything like that. It's not Zion. It's No, not- but you brought up Brandon Ingram. I mean, the guy's averaging 20 plus points a game. I think like 22 points on a team that I think is going to win a series or two. I don't think Brandon Ingram is a bad buy right now because of that condition. And same thing with Donovan Mitchell in the East. Now this is, I, I would contend to say this is a hot take. Do you recall what your last NBA hot take was? So the Lakers, <laughs> are they winning or not? So the Lakers are one and two since I said they would win eight of 10. They got to win their next seven. Not impossible. <laughs> um, Call me when it's wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just, I just want to, you know, let, uh, let people know if, how much faith to put into that. All right. Um, let's talk. I bought a Zion Prism PSA 10. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't you uh, just make a little investment? 1050. Worth a shot. I think it's going to spike from here, so we'll see. A Zion Prism 10, so, uh, not silver, just base? Silver. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, what is that going for? I got 12, 1300 ish right now. So I got, got it for 1050. That's 20% good. off. I was happy. That's not I want to know what this is. What should could fanatics do to reinvigorate the card market when they take over basketball and football? All right. So this is a question that, so I've been getting a lot of guys reach out to me when it comes to like the positivity of the market. Cause they know I typically have a, a positive take. And this has been an idea that's been floated around of what could or should those responsible, those in charge do. And I wanted to see if you had a take, cause there's a few ideas that have been thrown out there. I was just curious what you, do you feel have some about ideas these. about like what's yeah. that? Okay. So, I'd like to hear them. So first one would be um, maybe something similar to what uh, Panini has done with NFTs 
which is offer some kind of reward. Oh, like a chase. What do they call that thing? Um, Um, this is great audio. We're going to sit here and brainstorm in silence. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, they Not a bounty. It's not a bounty. Let me, I'll pull it up right here. They call it. But it incentivizes you to go out and get cards that otherwise would be meaningless. Exactly. Um, competition. Dang it. Challenge. Challenge. That's yep. it. So in other words, go out and get these inserts of this guy or these 10 cards over here. Well, like you're already going out probably to buy a pack of cards looking for someone else, but then you're always stuck with all these additional cards that you may or may not actually want or you may not care about. And have no value, by the way. Exactly. Yep. So, uh, so I, I like that, actually. Do you think that's a feasible thing? Do you think that could work out? Because my thinking is... I, actually, I think it could. It just takes a little planning, a little bit more planning on their part. And you could also then get pretty creative. Hey, if you do this, you get a game worn Jersey. Exactly. Game you, and you have, well, they it, have contracts with all the PAs. So, and if you look at some of the challenges uh, with Panini's NFT packs, like some of them are pretty in depth. Some of them aren't, some of them are just a few cards, but some of them you have to collect, you know, 15, 20 cards. Sure. I like, I, think, I actually like that idea though. I think that that could be something interesting for Panini or for fanatics to pursue. You know, the other thing, by the way, speaking of Panini that they're doing now in NFTs is the, uh, the physical golden tickets. Actually, Brandon on the app just won that. I think it's like, I think he, he's the one who won it. It's like tickets to any or tickets to the Jets Patriots game. They fly okay. you up, put you in the hotel, give you tickets to the game. So if was, I could pull that out of Don Russ basketball next year and go to a Celtics game for free. Yep. Pretty cool. So that was uh, that was basically the the next idea was essentially another you know taking from the NFT world is utility of some of these cards. Like you pull some so such and such a card and it gives you access to this game or you get tickets to the golden ticket thing. Yeah, yeah, essentially. So I like that idea. I don't think it reinvigorates a hobby by and large, but I think it's a good idea that that helps a little bit. Okay. Both of these things I think add a little bit to it. Okay. It's not like the overall, because I don't think there was just a one, the one answer for everything, but I think both of those are positive spins. Um, I also was, this was just one of my ideas was that. What's the deal with your hat? I've never asked you about this. This is odd job. Is this like a movie thing or is this just like a cool guy thing? Oh, it's a cool guy thing. Like you have a flat. I have a very large head as you well know. It's like nine and a half. My wife buys me hats that fit my head and it's not all that often. Trash bag. That would fit. (laughs) Just right around the neck. Just take it all the way down. Um, I just imagined myself with a trash bag on my head. I went to a hipster joint left. What was it called? Oh, I don't know. You've never, by the way, I was like, I always have like bacon. Like I ordered like a whole breakfast. I was like, I had bacon to that. He's like, we don't have bacon, but we have bacon infused jam. (laughs) I was like, did you go to Barista Parlor? It wasn't Barista Parlor, was it? No, no, no. It's next to that place, Mitchell's. This is a whole little Nashville. Okay. If you're looking at Mitchell's, the place next to it, we went to that pub to the left of it. It's to the left across the street. Same side of the street. Oh, keep going. I haven't been to that place. It's I'm, okay. And then Josh took 19 minutes to order his coffee. And the waiter was all about it. He's like, you know, I want like a pressed and steamed. Oh, he loves. And, milk. and then as I'm walking out, they have like a whole bakery section. This is a compelling stuff. <laughs> I kid you not. <laughs> what are we name, just talking about, I think? I don't, I don't care. <laughs> the name on the cookie was literally gluten-free, vegan, everything cookie. Not everything, apparently. There's no real there egg, flavor? milk. There's no, no flavor <laughs> cookie. Um, I was not thrilled. All right. Josh led me astray. <laughs> That's what, what else is that saving the hobby? Uh, hipster moment. Um, all right. So a moment uh, where, not a moment, when you go to a game, an opportunity for signings, live signings. Again, cute idea. I think it's cool for some. Mm-hmm. Doesn't reinvigorate the whole hobby, but it's a good first step. Okay. I find it hard Last- to trust vegans. <laughs> last one okay. set completion prizes like you complete you collect the entire set right they're like oh, a prize i think yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so same as a, almost a, a similar to a challenge it's similar to a challenge i like that but, might, that's the least sexy of these four options but that's probably the one that would appeal to the most because it gives guys on the low end something to chase well and i think I like, like that because did you when you grew up were you collecting sets did that matter to you at all no, not really. But there are some guys out there I that do it seem now, to. Though. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. Like some guys out there, like they're about collecting the set. Mm-hmm. I've never really had that desire personally, but I am thinking like, okay, if I'm new to the hobby and I know like not only are there a number of players here that I like, but if I got the rest of them along with it, because I'm, you know, I mean, I may get them anyways. I might just throw them out. But if I collected them and I got some kind of reward for it, 
I don't know. I think those are actually all pretty good. Okay. Do you have anything else besides that? Anything off the top of your head? No, I was just going to say that the last thing, because this was annoying. There was an attitude about no bacon, but then I got oh a side of, God. this is not a joke. I got a side of ham. I was like, you're killing the thing either way. Why can't I get bacon? Why am I a murderer now? Okay. No, those are great ideas. Limit right. production run on some stuff. I do think that's a big idea. No overpopulating of cards. Okay. So we don't have a new junk wax error, which is, we're not going to, but just limit that. Mm-hmm. Limit the amount of SKUs. We don't need 50,000 new products every single year. Mm-hmm. And I do think it would be important if we're going to do some things, I would love to see a total separation of church and state, meaning, um, Product X is a retail product, and that is it. Because what we've seen now is Prism Hobby is great, and it's awesome, and everybody loves it. Mm-hmm. But there's 50,000 SKUs of Prism in retail. Now, the plus side of that is for a cheap price, you can get into retail Prism. That's great. But the downside is it then just floods the market. We've got all these other different inserts, all these other different colors and refractors. It's too much, in my opinion. Here's the thing. So I, I think th- some things need to go only hobby, only retail. And the retail stuff— Make it a decent brand and print the crap out of it. And you know what's great about you and me is that you see it from two from your perspective and I see it from mine because that idea is great for the guys who are already in the hobby. But I don't think if you're not in it, guys would care about that or really even know why that's as big of a deal as it actually is. So I think that you have to combine essentially both of what we've talked about. I agree. Yeah, I, I think there's... And, and again, having said all of that, if the economy is in a recession next year, like they're saying, I don't think any of these things, you know, all of a sudden reinvigorate everything, but they are positive steps in the right direction. Well, the the reason why some of this came up was because um, Maddie B, uh, if you recall from Who? Vegas, um, when we went out there for the Mint Collective, Matt Bubar, I believe is how you pronounce it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Your buddy from the Brazilian joint. <laughs> so Maddie Well, you B, stole the pineapple. <laughs> I didn't steal. It's all you can eat. You can take the pineapple. Pineapple is on top as a, as a it's, display. It's a garnish is what it Most was. Most people can't even reach that. <laughs> so he sent me this quote from. I'm stuck with that, Bill. The <laughs> co-founder. I got, I got Bill. Co-founder of Upper Deck. Um, this guy, his name is Richard McWilliam. This is, this. let me read this quote for you, okay? You're going to have to just I'm pause the ADD. Best. I am trying my best. This is something for the market, for everybody listening. If you're in the card market, quote. take note. Okay. It says, my personal philosophy in life is that positive things come from positive acts. If we have a hobby, which is positive, the people in the hobby are positive. They're going to be instrumental in making this hobby grow. And they're going to be instrumental in keeping the hobby positive. When you have negative feelings in the hobby, you're going to have a negative hobby. I believe that we've gone through a lot of our growing pains. A lot of people jumped into this hobby, not really understanding what it was. A lot of people jumped in and said, hey, I can make a quick buck and be a happy guy. But I think a lot of those people have left and there are a lot of good people still involved in the hobby. If we can get this positiveness going so when you walk into a card shop, you're having fun again, it will have a lot to do with making it positive. But I think in the long run, the people that are here now are the people that are going to stay and help make it positive. Here's what is really interesting about that. That quote was from 1994. Oh, good. I was going to say, because Upper Deck has no business speaking on the state of the hobby now. Talk <laughs> about a company that's contributed nothing in the last decade. Could you, you, you cannot disagree that that statement could just as easily be applied to today. But here's the thing. We're repeating history. This is garbage, though. Hang on a second. We are if repeat- I go in and buy a $300 box of Origins football and I pull a $5 hit, I'm supposed to be positive? Like, I'm not come- saying that. No, no, no. Uh, here, listen, 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 listen to the final point. How about point? Upper Deck work with breakers? That would have helped the hobby. How about Upper Deck put a, 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 any type You're of a product wrong. that is relevant in 2022? Richard McMillan, is he still alive? I don't know. But here's the, here's the final point is we are repeating history in the hobby. And that's why the ideas like what we just talked about need to be discussed because you have to think we're because because obviously these things have happened before. We've seen spikes. We've seen guys come in and then go out. We've seen positivity. We've seen negativity. But what has changed in the long term? A million things. Go ahead. But what has changed to make the hobby overall grow to a much larger place? I would say there's still work to be done. And that's why ideas like this help. 
I don't mind that. But let me just shoot down some of this positivity is the best thing. Crap. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was hoping for Honestly, it. Honestly, yes. let's hear it. Just yeah, I, I mean, throw up on me. <laughs> I'm all about positivity when it is warranted. Negativity often leads to accountability when it's not sensationalized. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is an important thing. Agreed. No one else has changed since 1994. Mac. This poor guy's probably dead. He's like, what are they talking about? His relatives are listening. He's a nice guy. It is not like 1994. The market has expanded a thousand times. We have big business money coming into this now. Uh Grading is now a thing. Flippers are now a thing. Sure. This thing is a massive new industry, and it is not just a hobby. It is a business. So positivity has a place, but it's over like too much positivity, quite frankly, just leads to guys pumping stuff up that doesn't need to be pumped. I I think a balance is needed. And that's why I do think a healthy pessimism, pessimistic view is okay. I, and I can't stand upper deck. Honestly, I just, they don't work with breakers. They don't want to like distribute product and help people out. I, I, I do. I have so many issues with that company is ridiculous. We can Um, move on. I think the point has been made. I just want, I I just want to share that because I like fresh ideas in the hobby. I like turtles. (laughs) Where's you didn't say that drop, I like by the turtles. way. Where's that drop? Is that on your board? No, that's that's not it. Yeah, I don't have it. Some in the soundboard over there doing nothing. <laughs> um, no new releases this week. We'll talk about that on Monday. I did want to review a couple of things, though. It is interesting to me to see what is sitting on Panini's website as we speak, as the show oh, goes out. Dude, I I tried to buy this before the show after I saw your notes. What did you try to buy? The Prism. It's not letting me. Is it, it sold out now? No, no, no. It just My payment won't go through. I don't know why. It's saying, like, contact your company. <laughs> it's not that sounds good for it's the not a balance is it still issue. for sale on the homepage at, at Panini though if you go to the homepage you should just be able to see them scrolling with prices yes Prism Soccer is still available as of like an hour ago okay so all of these were available when I was prepping the show today which is surprising at these prices 11 p.m. 11 a.m. central time on the 20 on the 10th so Prism World Cup Soccer is 429 Origins Football is 270 certified football 205 Select basketball is too expensive. I actually looked around a little bit. At 700, I'm out. But I'm kind of shocked those other three are still available at those prices. I actually think those are pretty good prices on all three of them. Here's my question that I can't seem to wrap my head around is, how is it that third parties, like, say, Blowout, are selling these things? So Select is selling for $900, like $975. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sorry, that's Select Football. Were you talking about Select Basketball? Basketball. I'm sorry. Um, But let's go back to the soccer one. The soccer is selling for like $600 something, but it's still selling for $429. eBay, multiple sales for like $500 and $600. Again, it's selling for $429 on their site. Why, Why is that a thing? I don't know. I don't think people pay attention. You think that's what it is? Yep. Just people assume it's already sold out. And we're going to do that big Spectre. So Spectre's on there as well at 925, which is just very expensive. It's a good product. That's why we want to do a free Spectre break and have it be incentivized. Like, hey, anybody who buys a box off, and we'll, we'll actually get a start date and we'll bring in an athlete to do it. But it'll be like, hey, anybody who buys a box between this day and this day will be entered into a free giveaway for a Spectre box and we'll have some fun with it. But yeah, go to the Panini website. There's a ton of stuff still for sale there. It's kind of wild, especially um, for the pricing it's at. Yeah, the the fact that, I would be surprised if by the end of this weekend, that prism soccer is still there. Yeah, uh, just because the fact prism, is it is selling for higher than that. Right. And I'm holding until I want to get 600 a box or more. That's kind of my goal. I bought it for four. I want to get six. I think you're going to get six. I hope so. Um, I think that brings us. Let's just go mail to mail here. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, if you haven't already, if you want a chance to win uh, NBA game tickets, go set your lineup for so rare. Uh, Mike and I did. Mike's making fun of me because I didn't have Giannis. That's, Giannis, I'm I'm sorry, I mispronounced that. Uh, mailbag. Let's start with Mr. Mark Rusev. Thank you, Mark. That's a hard name. You really doing me right. When you say rip and get them graded, what cards do you typically send in? Rookies and inserts, base rookies, all non-base cards. Obviously, it's situational. Just wondering if you stick to hype players. Or do you do some gambling on prospects? Yeah, I mean, certain prospects I will. Like if there's a big hitting prospect in baseball who's just not hitting the ball yet, I'm okay with that. I'll take a shot there because I would rather have those guys back and graded and have them be worth nothing. But then when they do actually pop and play well, okay, well, great. Then I've, I've got the card in hand. It's already ready to go. So, um, And yeah, I, I mean, especially because of how cheap grading is now, I'm grading a lot of stuff early because my play is early and often. It's a numbers game. Get the first couple of tens to hit the market, flip them. So yeah, as long as the card has some value and and can cover, I generally try to stick to the rule of with my grading cost, will a 10 double the price of that? 
So I have a good margin. Then even if I get a nine, five instead of a 10, I'm still probably even if I'm not ahead. What is, what's the rule as far as like sending to SGC just because it's such a quick turnaround? I mean, that's really been the game. I mean, it's not even the pricing. Like PSA pricing is cheap right now too. The thing with me and SGC, again, if I pull a thousand dollar card tomorrow, 500 and up probably I'm going to PSA, but with SGC it's 18 bucks. And I, I mean, I've had occasions lately where I've shipped a card off on a Friday and had it back at home on Friday. That's insane. Okay. Again, you talk about speed and and first to market means a lot in these things. So I actually think it's a big, yeah, I think that's a big deal. Uh, He also goes on to ask Mike, what's your go-to platform to sell singles and Jesse, what's the next wax buy and hold move you're looking at? What what is it? Uh, Actually it was this prism soccer for four, four twenty nine. That is I do honestly think that's a really good deal when you know, when you can already see it's selling for more than that. I don't see why that's not a good investment. Pay your credit card bill. You can probably do that. <laughs> it's not that. It was PayPal or something with that. Um, but what platform do you sell singles? Any? I mean, shameless plug, Card Shop Live. I was on there last night. We did a big repack at 300 bucks a box, sold a bunch of just random wax and auctioned off some singles. So, yep. Uh, Michael Provost wants to know, with the market becoming more selective with products, people are buying uh, that people are buying. Will fanatics and Panini be more selective with the products they produce? This is a good question. I hope so. Cause there's some products I just think have not done well traditionally. So hopefully they just stop being made. Cause I think even that I agree. starts to water down the market. It seems like that is going to be the case with fanatics from all we've heard. So I hope they stick to that. Here's a question for you. Which would you prefer them continue to make those products, but with, more limited print runs or less products and more print run in the products that do exist. I'm actually fine with either one of those. You, you want one of them, but you, you don't have a preference either. Yeah. And, and probably the first just make, continue to make the kind of lower and crappy products, just make much less of them. Okay. As opposed to just make even more of the top end stuff. Uh, Especially now, now that we are not in 2021 and everything doesn't just get, Grabbed off the shelves. Um, Andre Joseph Bullius. I we I see Andre all the time. I never have pronounced his AJ. last name. I don't know why you have to get fancy. <laughs> Mr. AJ Bullius, don't roast me, he says, but what are best practices on organizing collections? He, he goes on to say by sport, team, or by year, by set. Uh, do you have a preference? I actually just, or everything I have in my, in my Zion cases is just by player. Just by player. Here's my Tatums. Here's my Jaws, my Brady's. Yep. Straight by player. Of course, if that that's different, if you actually are collecting a set, you know. Oh yeah. My sets I have in different binders. Like my Marvel set is in numerical order. My, my sign of the times auto set, the same thing in, in alphabetical order. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just keep them in the box. Um, I don't know if any, he asked about blogs. I don't know. Oh yeah. I have no idea about Blogs? Oh, yeah. Any blogs to point to us? Yeah. Um, Andre's a big soccer fan. Adam Graver, what is the best place for comps on non-sports cards? Uh, I actually think Card Ladder does that as well. Card Ladder and eBay. I mean, Card Ladder picks up data from eBay, PWCC, all of the areas. So the thing with Card Ladder is you have to access sales history. To access sales history, you have to have the paid account. If you you want that, we do have uh, the the link on our page, Sports Cards Nonsense under Card Services. You get a 15% discount, yada, yada. That's all good and great. Um, if you can't access that, then there's always uh, eBay sold listings. Like, that's typically where I would go. Uh, James Zaccadini. All right. With the hobby boom slightly in our rear view and many wondering if we will see a spike again in the near future, what do you think we're, were the biggest contributions to the boom? My favorite question, by the way, he gives five options. Favorite question you of the to week. to rank them. Yep. So one being stimulus money, two, nostalgia, three, Gary V, four, 2018-19 NBA draft class, and five, COVID and being bored at home. Far and away number one. This answer is not even close. You I know, didn't even think you were going to have one. You know what okay. it is? Oh uh, boy. You're going to get this wrong, which makes me happy. I would, your guess, I'm no, going to, it's not a guess. This is absolutely the reason. I think you're going to say number four, 2018, 19 draft class. COVID and being bored at home. You do think that. Oh, not okay. only do we have more people spending and buying in the hobby break rooms everywhere. were just full of people in the room, hanging out, talking about things. People started doing content. I started doing content because of that. That's what brought us in the content game. Okay. I mean, so many people did that. It is far and away COVID and being bored at home. 
Would you say that COVID also played a part in you dropping or getting out of the breaking game? That's exactly why. It's caused the values to spike, mm-hmm. but it also caused the fear in me. Like, hey, if people can't pay rent, I mean, the country was shut down at that point. Yeah. If people are losing jobs and not paying rent. I think that was probably before the stimulus checks started going was, out too. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't, I don't know if they're going to have expendable income anymore for baseball cards. Yep. And I had accumulated, I mean, dude, I had probably close to a million dollars just in inventory at the house when COVID started. It's insane. In cases. I remember the boxes just everywhere. Remember we house. had to get rid of my kitchen table yeah. of the two bedroom apartment. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was so fun. COVID being home board, not even close. Number one. Number two, though, was I say not close. Number two was actually a result of that was nostalgia. Hey, I'm hearing about baseball cards. People mm-hmm. are talking about it again. Man, I really love this card when I was a kid. I want to come back. Boom, nostalgia. It happened to be perfect timing with 2018, 2019 draft classes. All of a sudden, we had Zion, somebody we'd never seen before. And talk about a perfect, I mean, across the board, really. So if you go in Zion, unbelievable. We're off the heels of Otani in 2018, who set the hobby on fire at that point. But then two years later, we've now got Wander. It was 2019, which was even bigger. Mm -hmm. Jason Dominguez, though, was in 2020 Bowman, which dropped in April of that year. Okay. I I believe he was the highest selling prospect auto to come out in the history of Bowman, which is insane. Really? So you got Zion highest ever at the time. Yep. uh, Jason Dominguez, Joe Burrow, 2020, because he said 2018, 2019 Mm -hmm. NBA draft classes. It's a little bit off. It was the 2020 class. Dominguez, Zion comes into league, finally plays. Joe Burrow is unbelievable. I mean, you had one in every sport. Yeah. Pretty hard. Gary V had some effect. But I don't think nearly, I don't think Gary Vee and influences in general had as much effect as people think. It is. Yeah. It is funny. Cause I don't think at the time I even knew who Gary Vee was until like maybe towards the end of 2020. Yeah. And I liked him better when he, like his financial stuff I was listening to when he got in the hobby, I, I actually didn't like his takes there by and large stimulus money, by the way, useless. This is the most overplayed. And here's my reason. If you, if you were relying on a $600 check to actually help, then you probably were not in a position to go waste it on sports cards. And if you weren't, it's because you had cash and you were just continuing to work and you had money that was expendable because you weren't going out to eat. It wasn't even the fact it was a stimulus check. It was the fact you weren't spending money doing anything else. Here's the thing about the stimulus money is I do think it did play a part. I don't think it played as big of a part, but I think it played a part in the people that already had money. I think the overall market or or the economy was already doing fairly well at the time, despite this COVID crash. And so people still had their jobs. The unemployment numbers didn't rise all that much. So it is a matter of, they just had extra cash so they could spend it on that. But to your point, I do think it is at the last of that list. If you didn't get it, yeah, if nobody got stimulus money, I don't think the hobby is affected at all. Like I just, I honestly think if you're going to throw money into the mix, it's, hey, I'm not going out to eat three times a week. Because we weren't leaving our house as much, you know? I was saving, I'm not going on vacation. I'm not going to the movies. I'm not going to a baseball game and spending $300 for my family. I have all this other expendable income. Well, the thing they didn't put on here either was crypto. I mean, crypto, a lot of the people who bought into crypto also bought into cards. It did, but I don't think it contributed to the boom as much because those people were already in the card market. It contributed some, but yeah. it was a select few and they were already there. The boom was all the new people coming in because they were bored. They wanted something to do. They like baseball cards. James, one of my favorite questions ever asked, by the way. Thank you, James. Yep. Uh, Steve Dugan wants to know. I hate this question. <laughs> the worst question I've ever seen. Yeah. With the market being where it is. Does artificial hype create pop culture created by pop culture still have similar effects in cards Ab- as it did a year ago? Absolutely not. And and that is very clear. We had the Jeter documentary, right. yep. nothing. We've had championships, MVPs, different things happen off the, off the field, off the court, whatever, no effect. Mm-hmm. Um, even different things too, like people dying, which used to have a huge Bill Russell past, obviously mm-hmm. not much of an effect on his cards. The Willie Mays documentary, which he cited, not the case, you know? So no, I, yeah, I, we've talked about this a few times. I don't think there's been anything in the, this year really that you could point to and say that pop culture reference did something for that guy's value that lasted more than a day or two. Correct. Don Getters. We, so we already kind of covered uh, this, but we oh, can yeah, ask the second part. Uh, so second part of the question is basically non QBs um, are non QBs like Micah Parsons, J- Jamar Chase, Waddle enough for wax to hold value. Right. So yeah, his, in the first part, I should have said, so if only one of the 2020 QBs holds, you know, comes out and actually sticks 2021 QB class, 
what he says it like a burrow or oh, Herbert. Yeah. So yeah, so Mac or Trevor. If only one of those guys sticks around, can the other guys be enough to hold value? Not at current values because it's based on other people being very, very good too. But it's enough to hold value to keep it relevant because there'll still at least be some big time chases there. Um, Manuel Forez wants to know first Manuel. time. Oh yeah, you're you're right. You're right. Thank Probably you, Manuel. sir. Um, Manuel. First time, long time since you fine gentlemen are talking about the greatest hobby draft class. Uh, Jet, oh, this is for me. Mm-hmm. Jesse, name your, your top name? five DC villains. About to start a PC and need sports boys advice. I can't name five DC villains. Uh, Darkseid is probably That's the a bad one guy in, for Superman. Yeah, uh, who, he was in. Who Superman. killed him? Who killed Superman? Was oh, it Darkseid? Doomsday. Yes. Oh, was it Doomsday? Wasn't Doomsday the dude? I thought it was Darkseid, but you may be right now that I'm thinking about it. I, I think I'm right. I, yeah, I can't is remember. Is the Joker a DC villain? He is. Um, okay. So I think Joker is my favorite, but I do think Darkseid is the more intimidating foe. Um, and then the rest of them after that, there's just, it's hard because it's Who just not there? as. Uh, let me see. Google like most popular, you just yeah, like yeah. most popular DC villains. Yeah. I'm just pulling it up there. I'm just, there's a lot of them, but none of them are all that great to me. Uh, give me some names. Who we got on there? Premier, uh, Prometheus parallax, nope. anti-monitor crime syndicate. That's a name. Dark nope. side is number one on the list. Doomsday killed Superman. I'm telling you. That is funny that the that comic. DC comics, the bad guys are not as, as prominent uh, or, I mean, you know, it could be our own ignorance, but this is the comic I had. Oh, Ra's al Ghul from, he was in the Batman movie. Doomsday was, was he the one who killed him? It is. Yep. Okay. Uh, oh, in the Batman versus Superman, I was totally thinking was I'm Doomsday thinking the comics, in, by the way. Well, in Doomsday, he did technically oh, kill him right. in him. Batman versus Superman. Okay. He came back. Um, I'm totally thinking I'm forgetting all of the Batman bad guys like Mr. Freeze, Mr. Freeze, the, Poison Ivy, the Riddler. Now, here's the thing. The Riddler and the new Batman. I thought that was actually pretty. He he did a oh, good yeah. job. I agree. Um, OK, sorry. Well, that's a that's a long tangent just because this is something I really enjoy talking about. But uh, yeah, Joker and uh, Darkseid would probably have to be my two biggest. And then after that, it's a hodgepodge. Um. I think that's our last question. No, there's a couple more. Tyler Rodriguez. Oh, I need to refresh. I like this one. Halfway through the season, who's your prediction to face the 49ers in the Super Bowl? By the way, the 49ers have, the 49ers. have as good a chance as anybody. I w- if I had to pick a team in the AFC right now, I'd take the Chiefs. Uh, and then Jason Tennant, what do you consider some of your favorite sets based on appearance slash looks from the last 10 years for major sports? Yeah, so like different sets. I thought the first, like the first time I saw the downtowns, the stained glass, some of that stuff was really cool. But if you go a little bit, well, he said 10 years dynasty baseball's first year. I thought was an unbelievably cool looking set. I actually think the spike set from dynasty is awesome. The only problem is the card is about an inch thick. So it comes in that big snap down. You got to find a way to display it, but I do think those are pretty awesome cards. Um, man, I'm sure I'm missing a bunch of others, but yeah, I don't know. Those are the ones that came to mind right off the bat at least. So this is not, uh, does not have to do with my favorite set, but it is something that I thought was interesting as far as like some older sets go. There's a guy on eBay. I don't know how much trust you want to put into it. Cause I've only looked at it for a little bit. Uh, junk wax investors, his name, but he puts out this list of top 10 highest selling, uh, basketball, baseball, football. He even does like hockey and non-sports cards from the junk wax era that are selling right now. And it basically just does like a top 10 list of what cards are doing the best uh, as far as sales go. I thought it was really cool. Uh, A lot of it's, uh, you know, stuff that you're not thinking of because it's not Jordan, right? It's like Patrick Ewing. He had a PSA 10 of his 1993 ultra just sold for almost two grand um, from scoring Kings. And then there's uh, Carl Malone's 1993 ultra also from scoring Kings just sold for 1100. Oh, that 1993 scoring King set seems to be pretty hot. If you can get a 10. finest refractors might be the greatest thing of all time. Oh, and really? old school EX century. Oh, those are yeah, both, that came up a couple of times. Both older than 10 years, by the way. So it doesn't fit what Jason's asking, but I love those two. You know, what also seems is really weird. Uh, so coaches from the 1991 skybox, like from the Barcelona 92 games, they're, 
the, they're going for like 700 plus dollars. I, I don't understand it, but if you have any of uh, any coaches from those games, there you go. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's a plug. I have no idea who the guy is. I just found him today, but I thought his videos were kind of helpful. Um, that's our show. Who is on Monday and Thursday next week? Do we have guests or no? Not on Monday, but Thursday. So you guys may remember that Chris uh, Don't McGill remind. Don't remind him. was supposed to be on today, but he wasn't. He's sick, but he'll be feeling better by next Thursday and he'll be here. I think next week's actually a pretty big release week. So we'll have some release talk. Uh, hopefully another little event coming up soon. We can give some stuff away. Oh, and next week we're doing the reaction to other content. Yeah. Jesse's going to play clips. We're going to react to it. We had one today, but it was eh, fine. Anyways, sports cards, nonsense brought to you by the ringer podcast network powered by Spotify. He is Jesse. And I was also here. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mike.